Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. Go. Go, Gotta preach. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. Come on, Joseph. It says in verse 9. Love must be sincere.
The plus side, of course, I want to welcome Harriet's family right there. Woo! Tiny Mouse Colossus Chapter 3, I hope you guys are with me. Yes, yes, yes. Chapter 3. The title of the song today is The Winning Mentality. Come on. Nice, nice. No, I said The Winning Mentality. Come on. Yes. Oh. Woo, woo, woo. I want the champions out here. Not the sinning mentality. Look how much sin I can get away with. Oh. Not the victim mentality. You don't know how bad I am. Oh, oh you can't relate to me. You didn't get abused when you were younger, so you can't relate to me. I tell you the truth, Jesus can relate to you today. Yeah. He was sexually abused on the cross for you, for your sins. Jesus was stripped naked of his clothes. Abandoned by his, he had to be abandoned by his father. Why? Because he, had, he drank the cup of sins. So the father could, in the first time of history, because of you, your sins, they would say, you abused Jesus. We're all responsible for Jesus dying on the cross. Yeah. We're not teaching people to be victims. Mm. We're teaching people to be victims. Yeah, man. That's it. It's the winning mentality. Come on, man. Come on. You know, I, I want to bring your attention to something this morning. The strongest muscle we have in our entire body isn't our legs. No. Despite the fact it takes half your body. It isn't our chest. It isn't our arms. Amen, Marcos. <laughs> it is not back. The strongest muscle in the entire human body is the mind. Despite the fact that the human body is capable of extraordinary things, a strong body will never achieve its maximum potential if it is attached to a weak mind. Preach! Preach it! On the other hand, a weaker body attached to a powerful mind can continue to grow stronger and stronger as long as the person allows the body to gradually catch up. Yet this morning, I seriously want to bring something to your attention. We are at war. Yes. I said we are at war. Yes. A violent battle is raging around us 24 hours a day. In 1965, Donald Gray Barnhouse wrote a book about it called The Invisible War. It is based upon a battle that is relentless. That is intense. And that is vicious. It is the battle for your mind. Wow. Your mind is the greatest asset. And yet Satan wants to use it against you. He wants to cause a civil war in your own mind. Wow. It is said that we have around 35 to 48 thoughts per minute, which is around 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And it is said that 80% of our thoughts are negative. 
Satan already has an 80% chance of getting your mind every single day. You may have got your mind right now. If Satan just gets one of those 50 to 70,000 thoughts, he's already won. He's already got you captive. The Bible says this. Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Come on. It says this in verse 3. For we live in the world. We do not wage war as the world does. So we don't deal with the issues the same way as the world. Because the scripture says in verse 4, the weapons we fight with. So as soon as you become a disciple, you've entered the war. Because the scripture says, the weapons we fight with. Yeah. Not we think about. Right. Not we just hold it and debate whether we're going to fight. Or not. As soon as you sign up as a disciple, you've been enlisted for a war. Pick up your weapon and fight. Because last week, we saw Tamara decide to pick up her weapon and fight as she became our sister. Last week. by default, we fight. Yep. The scripture says, with weapons not of this world. Mm-hmm. So the weapon that we literally have is literally out of this world. Yeah. And it says the weapons. Mm-hmm. Not weapons. Because you also have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit makes you sure. Yes. Makes you love it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, love, joy, forbearance. You're not naturally loving without the Spirit. It says these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not a loving person. Because it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Come on, Joseph. Scripture goes on to say, on the contrary, they have divine power. Not human power. It's nothing within your human power to demolish strongholds. This is demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And the church says, what was Paul calling the Corinthian church to do? To have a winning mentality. He said, pick up your weapon. Gird your arms. He called the church to demolish any stronghold that set itself up against the knowledge of God. What is a stronghold, you ask? An argument or reasoning by which a disputant attempts to fortify his or her opinion and defend it against his opponent. In other words, a stronghold is a mental block. Whether it be materialism, Darwinism, Communism, hedonism, atheism, feminism, Marxism, or any other mentalism that sets itself up against the knowledge of God is a stronghold. Or, whether it be our personal attitude. 
Worry can be a stronghold. Even to the point where you actually become physically sick. You worry so much to the point where you actually make yourself sick. You make yourself sick. You actually make it on the rise. This general anxiety is going on the rise. But that's because people are worrying to make you sick. We already saw in the previous weeks in the Bible, it says in Philippians chapter 4, do not be anxious about anything. What does it do not mean? It's a command. So if you don't, if you're anxious about things, it's a signal to pray. But if you decide to remain in your anxiousness, you're deciding to disobey God. Come on, Joseph. Anxiety was never on that rise before. But because people decide to worry, they actually make themselves sick. Because what does worry mean in the Greek? Torn apart mentally. No, it used to be torn apart mentally. You are a civil war with yourself. In Satan's playing field. Wow. 80% success rate. Uh-huh. And you're giving him the ammunition. Wow. Come on, bro. Come on, Joseph. Another stronghold could be seeking the approval of other people. Yeah. All your life seeking validation. Wow. Seeking approval. When we live in a world where 90% of single parents are women. Where are the men? Where are the men? A mother can't be a father. And a father cannot be a mother. There's certain traits that God has distributed specifically to gender-specific roles. Yes. You cannot go against the, uh, against the God who engineered your body. Right. Come on, Joseph. Come on. Or anything, another thing that can be a stronghold is anything that we make an idol in our life yeah. can be a stronghold. Whether it be fear. You may be idol in fear right now. Wow. What's fear? False evidence appearing real. Yeah. You may be fearing failure. What does fail stand for? First attempt in learning. Mm. You just wanna, you just want, you just don't wanna fail. So you never learn. Mm. Yeah. What about your idol? Guilt. Yeah. What, what's actually guilt? It's actually a lack of forgiveness to yourself. Wow. Resentment. You could be holding resentment for your whole entire life. Wow. Yet Jesus died for people who hated him. Mm-hmm. Or you may be. Holding on to an idol of insecurity. All of these things can be a stronghold in our minds. And the Bible says we are called to demolish them. Demolish your worry. Demolish your doubt. Demolish your criticality. Demolish that satanic thought you probably had right now just hearing this song. We learned in previous few weeks, just tell Satan, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! And the scripture goes on to say, we take captive every thought, not some thoughts. It says, we take captive every thought to action. Which means when you have a thought, you're required to take action. Sometimes those thoughts aren't even yours, but it says every single thought. It says every thought. And the last time I checked, the word of God is flawless. It says every thought. So even the thoughts you're having right now, yesterday, last week, take those thoughts captive. And make it obedient to Christ. Which means our thoughts are naturally not obedient. The scripture says you make it obedient. Wow. The meaning of take captive in the Greek means act malotito. Which means to capture one's mind. To subdue. To bring under control. To conquer. In Greek. Obedient means 
Group A KIA to bring into submission. Yet we find submission a very dirty word in our generation. When the Bible says you're called to make your thoughts submissive to you. Come on. We're not helpless victims of our thoughts. We can choose to stop our thoughts and bring every, not just some, but every thought into captivity, to obedience, to trust. Thoughts of self-condemnation. Make that obedient to Christ. Come on. Come on. Thoughts of numbing out? Make that obedient to Christ. <coughs> Thoughts of criticality? Yeah. Make it obedient to Christ. Come on, Come on. Thoughts of insecurity? Come on, bro. Make it obedient to Christ. Come on, bro. Thoughts of comparison? Think about it. Make it obedient to Christ. Nice. Thoughts of loss? Lusting for food. Yep. It's not just people. Right. Lusting for the pleasures of the world. Make that thought obedient to Christ. Because God knows your thoughts before you even think them. If you read the book of Isaiah, He knows the thought before you even think it. So He's like, okay, I know you're having that thought. Okay, you're trying to play the role of God by not making it obedient to me. Okay, I see. Wow. 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 The part of every thought that may and must be brought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What thoughts are you letting live in your mind rent-free? Wow. Preach! God, Joseph. That's a good question, bro. The winning mentality. The winning mentality. Romans 12, 2 states, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And guess where the room is? Europe. Mm-hmm. Europe has an issue with overthinking. <coughs> and how, I'm not surprised that Satan is attacking the minds of people idle, intellectual, intellectually. People idle being intellectually. Yeah. Because it's the mind. But then we see from the Bible more knowledge for you. Wow. It's so, it's so crazy. People idle knowledge. Mm. And the only one who actually knew everything was Jesus. Mm. He knew his death. Yeah. We should be grateful we don't know our death. The fact that God withheld that from you, we should be grateful. Imagine knowing the death. Imagine knowing your death from the day you conceived. Because Jesus was God when he was conceived. So he knew, as a baby, he saw his death 33 years later. Yet yeah, he chose to submit and take that thought captive every single day. This morning, I want to persuade you to change your mind. This morning, I want to. I want to persuade you to change your mind. Come on, yes. To have a winning mentality. 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 Now, having a winning mentality allows us to have the ability to look at the future and treat failures as stepping stones to growth. Come on. We're having a winning mentality will allow us to not go through pain, but grow through pain. We're having a winning mentality will allow us to see that a setback is a setup for a comeback. In order to have a winning mentality, I've only got one point for you today. We've got to win in humility. Take it back to the book of Luke right here. Yeah. Oh. 
The only problem we have today, <coughs> win in humility. Amen. <coughs> win in humility. Let's take a look at a group who dare we say struggles with being humble. Luke 14, in verse 1. <coughs> it says, one Sabbath. Goodness, Jesus always do stuff in the sun. <laughs> when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, this guy was well known. <coughs> Jesus was hanging out with some prominent people. Yeah. <laughs> and he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remain silent. So, taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. And the church says, Amen. You know, imagine being an expert in the law, but not being able to respond. Being an expert in your field. Trying to be a salesman for, for your item. But then you're unable to sell it. There we say they gave God the silent treatment. Then the scripture states, he was being carefully watched. What is this highlight? People are constantly watching you. What would people say about you based on what they saw? Not what you said. Good question, bro. Based on what they saw. What would people say about the Birmingham church? based on what they saw. Mm. Wow, okay. What would people say about the men's ministry based on what they saw? Mm. If the men are actually there. Right here, bro, right here. Right here. Right here. If they're actually there. What would people say about the men's ministry? God giving us to leave, but choosing not to leave. What would people say about the woman's ministry? Let's go, sisters. What about the women's day conference that was yesterday? What would people say about that? What would they say about the women's ministry? What would people say about the translations say they watched him closely. Meaning of watched in the Greek means to watch assiduously. The meaning of assiduously means with great care and perseverance. They were watching Jesus with great care and perseverance. There we say they would eagerly examine the scriptures every day. Pharisees eagerly examining the word. They were focused on finding the contradictions. Because another word of watch in the Greek means to watch insidiously. Meaning insidiously, insidiously means in a gradual, subtle way, but with harmful effects. They're trying to look at the contradictions in the Bible. Contradictions in Jesus. Contradictions. How about contradictions in a disciple who doesn't live by life and doctrine? Coming late to church. They were watching with a critical eye. 
you know, you could be one of three people today. <coughs> you could be one of those three people where one watches it happen. One, you wonder what happened. <laughs> and those who make it happen. Because you can be so busy watching things happen. Or busy making things happen. Because Jesus was the one getting things done. Whereas the Pharisees were just watching things happen. Are you a Pharisee today? Just watching people do things. Trying to find the contradictions in their actions. And what's powerful is that this all took place in the Pharisees' home. One of the rulers of the Pharisees. And yet, in order for a man with an abnormal swelling to be present, he had to be invited. It wasn't a synagogue. They invited him in. Some believe he was simply invited to provoke Jesus into doing something they could accuse him of. It could have been the case where the Pharisee had brought the man to the house and so that Jesus could cure him. And in results, then accuse him for breaking the law of the Sabbath, despite the fact that there is no command against healing on the Sabbath. The Pharisee didn't have a winning mindset. Wow. He was more concerned about winning an argument Ooh. than winning a soul. Wow. 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 Winning an argument with his disciple. <coughs> I want to prove to you that this guy is wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, the disciples are arguing with something. just want to prove an argument between you guys and you win it, but you want no soul. The Pharisee let pride get in the way of helping the man. The man was with him. Yeah. He didn't decide to heal him. He left it to someone else to heal him. Wow. I just invited him out, but I'm not going to teach him the Bible. Oh. He invited him in the house, right? Yep. But then someone else healed him. That was Jesus. Yeah. Yet Jesus had the winning mentality. Luke 19 verse 10 says, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Yep. He was focused on saving people. That was his only purpose. Only purpose. Anything that outweighed it was a disputable matter. Yes. Jesus Ooh. was focused on saving souls. Yes. Rather than focused on all these other side issues mm. or side missions, he was focused on the great commission. Wow. Focused on building the kingdom of God. Mm. There we say the Pharisee thought he knew how to work. Mm. He said, like, I just bring this guy in. We'll react this way. Ooh. Right. Wow. He was like, maybe if I just do this, I'll, I know how God works. Mm. You know, one of the worst things to do as a disciple is to assume. Right. Yeah. Talk about it, bro. Come on. Talk about it. And even as disciples, we can find ourselves assuming how God works. Wow. Mm. Or what God's next move is. Wow. Or what is our God and our pastor? We say, oh, it's totally God. How do you know? Right. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? I fasted God, how could this be fruit? Oh. <coughs> Again, you know, okay, if I fast, it equals, okay, it must be Wow. Okay, if I share my faith a couple of times, not all the time, then I, I might get lucky. Preach, bro. It's been a while since I got blessed out of church. Preach. It's been a while. But I just think, if I just blend in with disciples, I, I, I feel like a disciple. Wow. I've been around for a while. So technically, technically, I have still a disciple. I just hang around with the disciples. I've been a disciple for X amount of years. How come I'm not dating yet? Because if I've been a disciple for 
this one, I should, you know, it should be gradated. Well, well, well. Because the discipleship is totally different about faith. Well, well, well. Yeah. When the Bible says faith and deeds. Because why would God let me take care of the relationship and then take the re- taking care of the relationship with him? Yeah. He can only give you what you can handle. Yeah. So if God is keeping you single, it's because he knows you can't handle a relationship. relationship. Yeah. He knows you can't handle it. Because the Bible says, first Corinthians 10, 13, he can only give you what you can bear. Yeah. You won't even be able to bear a relationship. Yeah. Let alone bear fruit. Because bearing fruit takes patience, love, perseverance. How are you going to mother your future child, the father your future child, if you can't even bear fruit in the kingdom? Wow. It's time to be by disciples. We have to let God be God. We don't play the role of God saying, okay, this is how God works. Because I've cheated the system. I've read all the things about marriage. All the documents. I've all the sermons of marriage. God cannot be mocked. You can't cheat the system. God cannot be mocked. Everything always comes out. Whether it be through your sin or through somebody else. God cannot be mocked. So when you try to cheat the system of trying to get or trying to be in a relationship in the world, trying to sleep around with people in the world, trying to, trying to mess around with women or men in the world, you can't cheat the system. Because God made the system. You've got to win humility. You've got to win in humility. Because I feel like some pride is stealing from you. Whoa! This brother is attacking my pride. Verse 5. Come on. Then you ask them. If one of you has a child or an ox that fear that falls rather into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately put it out? Mm. And they have nothing to say. <laughs> you know, Jesus explains that he could, why he could live on the Sabbath. <coughs> that was allowed to help animals on the Sabbath. How much more was it right to heal people mm. who are made in God's image? Wow. You can't say, I had an off day. There's no off day. The Sabbath, everything was fulfilled in the Old Testament. I, I hope there's no off days in the kingdom of God. Yeah. We're not living by law anymore, where you're like, the Sabbath day must be my rest day. Yeah. Oh, oh, now, rest is essential, it is. Yeah. But at least share your faith at least with one person. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. Because that's our purpose. Amen. That's our purpose. That's our purpose. Yes, take the rest you need. Some is tirelessly work, and I appreciate all the single working professionals working hard. Our purpose. A disciple who reached out to you was tired. Yeah. In prayer, fasting for you, Come on, sir. trying for you. Come on, How much more so can you bridge the gap by having a winning mentality to win many souls? Because what's powerful is that these Pharisees still said nothing. Wow. You asked two questions by God, wow. as if they were never there. You know, not saying anything is actually saying a lot. Not sharing our faith consistently says a lot about whether we have a winning mentality. The goal to win souls. Giving up hope too easily. 
<laughs> You're like, oh man, I shared my faith for one week with 35 people. There's no responses. In one week. 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 One week. Seven days. 160 hours in a week. One week. Just one week. One. 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 One week. I can't imagine a farmer pops a seed. Why are you not growing? After one week. Where's the fruit? After one week. Why is it after one week? What? It must be the seed. Maybe it's just a lack of humility. Lack of patience. Patience is better. Because that's not how it works. You're like, bro, hurry up! Just wait. Just wait. Because love is patient. If you're not patient, it shows you unloving. So ironically, because God wrote the word of God, patience is the first word in love. So if you're not patient, you can't be kind. That means you'll struggle with envy. That means you struggle with the record of wrongs. That means you struggle with getting angry. That means, that means love won't always protect you. Love won't always hope. Love won't always trust. Because you decide not to be patient. Wow. Because God knows patience is tough for us. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, verse 8 to 9, God's patience is so wide. Imagine God treated you with the same patience you're treating him. But on the other hand, some can say hello, but don't actually say anything on it. Talk of the game. What'd you actually say? What'd you actually say? They, they say a lot. They say, I'm a bit, I, I've got this talent. Okay, well, where was the fruit? Talk a big game. Talking a lot says a lot, but even not doing anything says a lot. We've got to win in humility. Verse 7. When you notice how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. You know, in Jesus' day, seating arrangements at dinner showed a definite order of prestige and honor. The most honored person sat in a particular seat. The next most honored person in another place, and so down the line. At the home of the Pharisee, Jesus noticed how people strategically placed themselves to be in the best places, the places of most honor. What was Jesus trying to paint here? Jesus was highlighting that service was more important than status. Come on. Come on. Come on, bro. That if you wanted to have a winning mentality in the Birmingham church, 
It's not a race to the top. Mm. No, it's a race to the bottom. Matthew 23, 11 to 12 says, The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. It says will. That means it's a guarantee. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. The issue that was going on was that the Pharisees were self-exalting themselves. When really, it is God <coughs> He either demotes or promotes. Come on, God. All depending on your humility. Because, because when we become disciples, we're called to serve more. Not to be served more. Come on, bro. You know, God may be opposing you in an area of your life. Because you refuse to serve. Wow. And possibly because of your pride. Yeah. You may be stuck in the same issues. The same problems. Probably because you haven't learned the lesson to be humble. Because the scripture says God exalts. You go to the next level when you learn the next level of humility. Wow. So if you've been stuck in the same place for years, it's because you refuse to be humble. You refuse. You refuse to see who you actually are. Oh, and you become conceited. Man, because yes. you want to be praised by a disciple. Yes. Because it's always encouragement. I tell you the truth, you never get this much encouragement anymore. Yeah. But then you can't take the fact that a disciple has to, can't tell you the truth. Right. You just want to be exalted all the time. Right. You want right. wow. I want this much. Or I want a disciple. Just because you become a disciple doesn't mean all the problems are solved. You still got to keep going. You still have to remain humble. Yeah. But as a side, oh, yes, I'm just going to Just question this. Just check everything. But it's funny because even for me when I was young disciple, we're talking about tea, I used discipleship principles for the world. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm confident. I can talk to people because I share my faith. So I knew fellow in 2019 because I was using discipleship principles for the world. Using my eloquent speech from the Holy Spirit. Because it came from the Holy Spirit. Joy, yeah. peace, love, forbearance. Yeah. A spirit of not timidity. I was confident, but I used it for the world. Are you using, are you putting more effort into voting Satan's kingdom or God's kingdom? Wow. Mm-hmm. Chatting up people on a Friday night. Oh, wow. Wow. Chatting up people, sharing faith. Wow. <laughs> 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 you know, the fans are actually teaching you. So therefore they were unreachable. They could never have the winning mindset. Never. Because even if you read the whole book, they they were losing followers. Even throughout the book of Acts, they're like, oh, these apostles, they're they're going so big so fast. What's going on? Because their pride got in the way. What's the bottom line? In order to have a winning mentality, we need to win the humility. Verse 10. Come on, bro. Come on. But when you are invited, take the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be out in the presence of all other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So as disciples, we all follow the Bible, right? Yeah. So the standard is still the same. We all have to be willing to take the seat. Mm. It's like musical chess. Like, nah, 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 I, 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 
want to see. Oh, no, I want to see. Oh, you want to see. Come on. Because when we are at the lowest place, we aren't there just to be noticed. So we can go up higher. Look how much I'm serving, guys. Don't serving so much. Notice me. Guys, I'm serving so much, guys. Notice me. Nor are we miserable at the lowest place. Mm. Let everyone know about our facial expressions. Mm. Hey. Mm. That really don't belong there. Standing at the door, saying hi to people at church. Oh. Oh. Hey. Hey. So Being at the lowest place is not something. <laughs> it's not, I'm not good enough. No. But you're being secure in your value. Amen. And yeah. therefore valuing others above yourself. Because, I tell you the truth, you actually don't know your servant until you're actually treated like that. So I wonder if I should be able to treat that servant like you. Talk about it, bro. And to be honest, there is something wonderful about being content whatever place God allows you to have. Amen. Are you content with whatever place God allows you to have? Maybe God's just giving you one time just to be content with your salvation alone. Amen. As disciples, we are in the perfect position to serve them, not to be serving them. And if we want to be leaders in God's kingdom, leadership is just a bigger reason to serve them. And there will be changes soon in Bible talks. Even with Bible talk leaders. Because the Bible talk leaders will be raising up, they're actually willing to serve them. Jesus was the perfect example to teach on the subject because he fulfilled it perfectly. Mm. He is the ultimate example of someone who deserved the highest place but took the lowest place mm. and was granted the highest place in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. Mm. There was no self condemnation. There was none. There was no comparing himself. Mm. He wasn't thinking about himself because the only one we should compare ourselves to is Jesus. Not people in the world. The Bible says don't envy the world. He took the position of a servant. Are we more of a servant than we were last year? Because why is the principle of a servant so powerful? You never think about you. When was the last time we asked one another, how can I serve you better? Or are you being like that Pharisee just watching closely? Me. Didn't mention my name in the sun. Didn't chat to me. Didn't say hi to me. Do we serve those we study the Bible? Because a lot of times we're like, God, I beg them to change. How about you change? Oh, that's good. How about we supposed to? How about they're actually helping us change? Do we serve those we study the Bible? Because we're teaching someone how to balance our life and doctrine. We're teaching people who Jesus was. When people see you, do they see Jesus or do they see you? Would Jesus be making the comments you're making? And Jesus ate the sinners. Do we cook for the son of the man? We cook for our interests. <laughs> Do you cook for the study of the Bible? 
Because there's only one, there's one plead. I don't know if different today. Because we're going after a winning mentality. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Come on, a winning mentality. Yeah. There's one thing I want to usher out of the Birmingham church. Victim mentality. Come on. Come on. That's it, bro. Victim mentality. How do you overcome it? How do you have a winning mentality by overcoming a victim mentality? By serving one another. Because you stop thinking about yourself when you stop serving others. How do you stop thinking about yourself? You share your faith because you're always constantly thinking about other people. You serve one another. When we all think about ourselves, it's because everything we do is for our benefit. The world doesn't revolve around us. Life goes on, we get hurt. We could wish that the world could just stop and see and feel sympathy for what you go through or what or, or a passing of a relative. Life goes on. The world cannot stop just because you want it to stop. Just because you feel a type of way doesn't mean everything has to stop because of you. Jesus kept walking. But then what did the bleeding woman do? She cried. She went after Jesus. Yeah. She wasn't like, Jesus, why, why, why do you keep me, my personal needs? Why do you come to me, Jesus? Come on. Wow. Jesus, do you not notice me? Do you come notice Jesus you already? Yeah. You just don't want it bad enough. Mm. You can't help people who don't want to be helped. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want it to be helped. True. So if you want to solve your issues, you got it. It's the race to the bottom. Yeah. We have to create a culture in the Birmingham church where we're so tired of serving one another. Mm. Because we keep serving one another. Then we get home tired because we kept serving one another. Come on. Because this victim mentality is because all you think about is you. Yeah, yeah. it's true. There is no such thing as a victim mentality. Yeah. There is not. There is not. You make yourself the victim. Yes. Right. Preach. Come on. You make yourself the victim. Preach. Yeah. That's what Satan did in the garden. He made Eve be a victim to her own value. <coughs> That's what Satan's trying to do. Come on, bro. Are we letting Satan still preach to us after last week's message? Mm. In verses 12 to 14, Jesus goes to say that we should give not expecting anything in return. Mm. Yeah. Love is not self-seeking. Isn't that what 1 Corinthians 13 says? Right. I'm giving with all my heart, my relationship, or friendship with you, bro, sis. How can you not give me anything back? Is it not self-seeking? Talk about it, bro. Talk about it. Be secure in God's love. Yeah. God loves you. Yeah. God notices you. Now you may have challenges in your past, but God loves you. He's totally aware that you were abused. He's totally aware that you didn't have X, Y, Z people in your life. That's because he gave, that's now why he gave you the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah. If you had the perfect conditions, you would not see the need for Jesus. Then we have this thing, I'm self-made. I'm independent. When the Bible says in Colossians 1, it says everything was made through him. Yes. And for him, yes. you're not made to be independent. Right. You're not codependent on Jesus. Yes. Yes. You're made through him and for him. We've got to win in humility. Yes. And the challenge is simple. Come on. We've got to serve. Yeah. We've got to serve. It's a race to the bottom. Yeah. Ask disciples and those studying the Bible, how can you serve them better? Amen. Jesus was the Son of God, yet washed the disciples' feet. And I've washed the disciples' feet in my discipleship. Let's go, bro. Amen, brothers. Amen, Amen. Love Let's buttons. go, bro. But in order to have a winning mentality, 
We've got to win in humility. Come on, bro. We've got to win in humility. Amen. We've got to win in humility. It's a race to the bottom. It's a race to the bottom. Who can serve one another the most? Not because it's competition, but that's because that's exactly what Jesus did. The Bible says in Philippians 2, verse 5, have the same mindset in your relationships as Christ Jesus. So Jesus would always have a mindset. These disciples were walking for miles in their, in, in their you know, ten toes at Jerusalem. Hey, hey, let's go. But yeah, wash their feet. Because how they would be eating meals at the dinner table was that you put their feet like this. So you should just rub them like this. Oh, but yeah. They're dry toes. <laughs> but the point is, is that he's going to say, hey. <laughs> what's the point of this throw to wash your feet? To wash your feet. In order to have a winning mentality, you've got to win as humility. In order to have a winning mentality, you've got to win in humility. That's part one of the winning mentality. I love this